Hello and welcome to the Alcohol Free Vibes podcast, a high vibe space where we talk about all things spirituality, manifestation, raising our vibrations and walking away from the manifestation block that is alcohol. Whether you're newly sober, sober curious or you've been sober for a long time, this is the place for you if you want to learn more about spirituality, manifestation and how letting go of alcohol can make you so much more powerful at manifesting. It's time to stop drinking, start living, raise our vibrations and step into our manifestation power. Let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Alcohol Free Vibes podcast. How are you doing? We have almost officially finished dry January. If you are sober curious and you were giving dry Jan a go, how did it go for you? Did you complete it? Uh, If so, how are you feeling now about your next steps? Um, Or did you do what I did so many times, which is completely trip up and not tell anybody? Oh God, I used to do that every year. I used to last about one to two weeks and then not tell anyone. If you were like me, do not worry. I've been there, I understand. There's actually nothing wrong with you. Your brain is just reacting completely normally to a very, very addictive drug. Uh, And the only drug that we have to justify and not taking, I mean, how crazy is that, right? Sometimes when we feel like we're going round and round and round in circles with alcohol, um, we, we need to do something to basically draw a line in the sand to create an energetic boundary to to make that commitment to ourselves that we are really changing we're shifting now and signing up for something like coaching or whether it be um you know a course like my sober and soulful course or signing up for something can be so so powerful in helping us to draw that line in the sand and and make that energetic commitment to something. I know that's what really, really helped me the first time was making that energetic commitment to it and feeling like, okay, I mean this now. I've I've just signed up for something and I've paid for it and I'm gonna do it and I'm this is gonna be different. It helped me break out of that hamster wheel round and round, merry grey round of just doing the same thing again and again. So if you would like some support having either failed or even if you've had an amazing dry January and you've stuck to it but you want to look at what your next steps are now, how you can up level, how you can really start to step into your true manifestation power in sobriety, then get in contact with me send me an email to thrive at coachingbyannika.co.uk Annika is spelled A-N-N-E-K-A or you can send me a DM uh, or you can go onto my website and fill in a contact form but if you want to begin a free consultation call with me to talk about what I can do for you and what your next steps are then please do get in touch as well as that if you are just someone that loves listening to the podcast and you're like no Annika this is all I need I just really enjoy your podcast maybe you're not in the market for spending money on things like coaching at the moment that's totally fine I've got your back too um I love the fact that I can support so many people by doing this podcast 
every single week um, and it's free and easy for you all to access. So um, I would love to hear from you as to things you would like me to help you with. If you're listening to this and you are finding this podcast helpful and you maybe you're not in a position financially to sign up for coaching right now, but you've got a burning question, you've got something you would really like some support with, then please send me an email and tell me what that is and I can do a whole podcast episode on that um, so that you've um, you've had your questions answered. So do get in contact and let me know. So moving on from that, this week I am interviewing one of my lovely clients. I love bringing clients on the show because it's just so nice for you guys to hear what it feels like to be coached um, by me, but also what um, what it's like to go through an alcohol-free journey. And from manifestation purpose, from, from a manifestation perspective, I mean, um, we need to see examples of what we want to manifest in order for it to happen. And this is due to our mirror neurons in our brain. So when we watch someone else doing something that we want to do, our brain actually starts creating the neural pathways um, to do the thing we want um, as if we're already doing it ourselves. So the more we can observe and focus on and watch and listen to people who have or are doing or are being what we want, we're actually helping our brain to start the reprogramming process. So that is why it's so helpful for you to listen to podcasts, alcohol-free podcasts, listen to alcohol-free people and listen to success stories of people that you can relate to who have achieved what you are working towards. So without further ado, let's jump into this interview and listen to the lovely Lucy tell us all about her alcohol-free journey. Hello, Lucy. How are you today? Hello. I'm good. I'm I'm a little bit tired. I've done five hours of dog walks today. So. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's a sign of your success, though, right? Is your um, it's your business? Absolutely. Yeah, I wouldn't change it for the world. So you have been on such a journey since we mm. first met um, and you have just got back from your first sober holiday in Amsterdam. Yes. So first of yes. all, how was your holiday? Um, it was it was great. Uh, we went with uh, another couple. Um, and what's interesting, actually, uh, I'll get to that in a second. Sorry, before I go off piece. It was it was an absolutely amazing holiday. We did loads of sightseeing I had lots of like museums and stuff booked in um and Frank's house was unreal um I did have a cry obviously yeah. <laughs> um but yeah it was it was awesome that was my second time going to Amsterdam and I'm so grateful that I can actually remember what I did on the trip because I did go to Amsterdam I think maybe like five six years ago um but going going into that trip um so that shall I yeah actually it's quite relevant to compare the two trips the yeah, parts yeah. that I can remember so five or oh, it must be six years ago now when I went to Amsterdam um I'd been um having a few lines the night before and I had uh, smoked a few joints the night before and we're flying at two o'clock in the morning uh so I went through security off my face um and then I spent the next I think I was only there for two nights I can't even remember 
spent the next two days um, so stoned that I couldn't even remember going to different museums and like different activities. So cut to this holiday in Amsterdam was completely different. Obviously going there stone cold sober um, and not drinking throughout the whole trip and being able to remember everything. It was very different, but it was so nice that I can actually remember all of those things and have those memories like banked yeah. um, compared to before. <laughs> yeah. You look so refreshed and well rested for it. So, Oh my God, yeah. I mean, we did do a lot of walking to be fair and it was um, it was raining the whole time, um, but I had great night's sleeps. Um, and also I was quite grateful about the fact that the people that we went with hardly drank while we were there. And mm. um, I think maybe like one day, uh, the group had maybe like three drinks in total. So it wasn't a trip that was like, yeah, let's go out. And then I would just be like standing on the side, like trying to, you know, have a good time. It wasn't like that at all. It was very chilled. So yeah, it is really, overall good trip. It's really interesting when we stopped drinking, when we noticed that actually sometimes we might have been the ringleader that made everyone else drink. And we're like, oh, actually, when people are know that I'm not drinking, I, I, I literally didn't think about that at all. And then when we were on this trip, because I hadn't said to them, like, please don't drink because I'm trying to get through my first sober holiday. I didn't say anything along those lines. Mm. I just made them aware, look, I won't be drinking. So, but everyone else was. Um, and in previous times that we've spent with this group, um, you know, we've we've all been drinking quite quite a lot. So I was shocked this time that um, they barely had anything um, at all. And I, was like, and, and I did think to myself, like, oh, my God, it was probably me that was, like, instigating it the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> it does give it a bit of a reframe doesn't it so so interesting so, yeah flash backwards now um to take our listeners on a bit of a journey um the journey that yeah. you've been on so let's flash backwards to how were you feeling about alcohol um like let's say the day before we started coaching where were you with it I would say I didn't enjoy it anymore mm-hmm. um I was very conflicted because I still romanticized about the idea of going to a nice warm country pub after a walk and sitting down inside this pub next to a fire and having two bottles of red wine. Mm -hmm. I still romanticized about those kind of things. But the reality was that I was running on very little sleep, um, depressed. Um, I think Potentially, yeah, I would say at the beginning of last year, I was definitely borderline suicidal as well. Mm -hmm. So I was just in a really dark place, but there was still a part of me that was clinging on to alcohol to solve all my issues. So when, since you stopped drinking then, um, since you started this process with me, what has happened in your life? What have you manifested? What's got better? Girl, where do I start? <laughs> um, I could literally list off things. So I think the a, a big one for me was obviously a huge shift in career. So previously I was working uh, for, I was working in management for a life insurance company that, um, not a life insurance company, a life insurance broker. And my job was to help people get life insurance and these people were specifically very ill or had been very ill and after doing that job for 
six and a half years, um, it does take a toll on your mental health, especially because you're only speaking to people who are very unwell and who are potentially knocking on death's door. Um, So shifting from doing that to and working obviously for someone else doing very long hours it's a high pressure to sales role so very high pressure um you know they they do demand their pound of flesh um and obviously I got I got paid accordingly so that was great but I I was just really unhappy so sh- like having the courage to go from that to something that I'm really passionate about so working with dogs was huge it's something that I knew deep down that I wanted to do for years but I just could never take that step away from a conventional career um so yeah I'd say doing that so um I do still work there only like one or two days a week uh but I've given up all of my managerial stuff completely so I'm just and uh, in terms like, of manifestation theory, like what you've done is you've jumped off a massive cliff. You've yeah. taken this huge leap of faith in the universe and just gone, I'm just going to trust. I'm just going to do this. And I'm just going to work uh-huh. out. It was wild. <laughs> um, I did have a month off because um, I was quite burned out. So I just wanted to take a month off um, and really get get my head together um and that month off for, for me was really pivotal I know it's a very um privileged thing to be able to to just say like no I just need to have a month off um but I was so grateful to have that time and I think I spent the majority of the month um just in bed reading um because reading is also something that I really love and enjoy but I never made time for that before because I would be drinking so mm-hmm. That so obviously manifesting a career change uh, was huge. That was a a tick. Um, also, I'd gained I think around eighteen nineteen kilograms when I was over like an eight month period, which is a lot of weight to gain in in that space of time. Just because I was so unhappy and just drinking to like, I I would I would choose alcohol over food any day. So the weight that I'd gained was mostly red wine and beer and I mean name an alcoholic beverage and I drank it and I don't even know whether I actually enjoyed the taste of it at all Mm. it was just the idea of it um so then having so since then uh, since actually starting with you I've, I've lost a stone so I'm really happy with and I haven't actually like it's not like I've been waking up at three o'clock in the morning and going on like, you know, insane runs and just burning myself up with exercise. That's literally not the case. I've just been consistent with doing a lot of walking um, and doing like the odd workout here and there. Mm. So career change, weight loss. (laughs) My sleep is amazing now. Uh, I don't get tired at like, before I would get tired at like two o'clock and be like, okay, maybe I need to have like a little nap or something. But now I don't, I don't need to have a nap at all. I've just got so much more energy. That is amazing. And so what would you say has been your biggest surprise around being alcohol free? What were you not expecting? I think I wasn't expecting to go on a journey of self-development and self-reflection I wasn't I wasn't expecting that at all 
But since giving up alcohol, I actually have so much more free time where I do, you know, it's when I say reflecting, I'm not like sat in a dark room, like, you know, looking at a mirror, <laughs> asking myself questions. I, I do nowadays take a lot of time to think about, you know, um, the past and what I'm doing at the moment and future and, you know, what are my values? Do you remember that was like one yeah. of the first things we spoke about in one of our sessions was I really want to find my authentic self yeah. and figure out what my values are. And it's mental that, you know, I'm, how old am I now? 27? Yeah, I'm 27. Sorry, I think once you get past 21, like what's the point in counting? <laughs> oh, believe me, when you when you hit the, the, the one to be zero on the end, you remember, you're like, oh, I'm 30. Uh, and then, well, I'm not 40 yet, but I'm sure when I get to 40, there won't be any forgetting that for the whole year. <laughs> It's only when you're in the middle yeah. that you can get. <laughs> yeah. And uh, anyway, yeah, so I'm 27 now and I've never once stopped and thought, like, what do I actually, like, what are my values? What do I believe in? And being sober actually gave me the opportunity to sit back and think about those things and think about, you know, who am I and who do I who do I want to be um, and and try and define what my authentic self is. So learning about that and this journey of self-development has been amazing. And it's so common that when we when we let go of alcohol and we stop ignoring ourselves by drinking alcohol, that we start to come back to who we really are underneath it. Because alcohol can be such a mask that we wear, right? That we hide yeah. behind. And then when we it's stop crazy. Drinking, we're like, here I am. Yeah, and the the I think, you know, tying into what you've, the, the question you've asked about what's been most surprising is, you know, I, I started drinking from quite a young age. I'd say probably, I'd say first drinks, you know, you know, when it, when most people are toddlers, they'll try and, you know, sneak a sip here and there. So not uh, thinking about that, I'd say probably for when I was around 14, I was drinking um, not every day, but, you know, whenever I could. And cause my parents had, um, when we lived in South Africa, my parents had a bar inside the house and that was always fully stuffed with um, anything and everything under the sun. So because I always had access to that, um, you know, I would sneak quite a lot of alcohol and top up the bottles with water. <laughs> <laughs> um, and because I started it at such a young age, um, obviously my parents really disapproved and I did it without them knowing. But because I started at such a young age, I don't think I ever actually gave myself a chance to know who I am because I've always drank from from that point onwards until June of last year when I decided to to stop and that's so interesting isn't it that you know when we when we stop it's it's like it's not that we we become someone new it's almost like we remember who we always were but the mental thing is that I feel like I am a new person because I never knew yeah, the old one because you know thirteen to twenty five or whatever is I are such formative years that I was just you know I don't I don't even know but yeah it, obviously it is the person who I've always been but I'm just it feels like it's a new person to me and this is just so it's so key so integral to manifestation because when we mm. want to manifest the the best life we possibly can we need to be in our authenticity if we want to mm. get that high vibration where we're calling in what we want um so in terms of like the authentic you then lucy like who is mm. she tell us 
Well, um, I like laughing yeah, and I like making other people laugh. So I think sense of humor definitely plays a large part in my authentic self. Yeah. Um, being friendly and approachable. Yeah. Being honest or acting with integrity and there was actually one other thing and and just being passionate in general you know i i do have quite a few broad you know i i have quite a broad range of interests that i'm really passionate about loads of different things like cooking and pole dancing apparently that's my new passion <laughs> and yeah so i think being passionate about a lot of things also plays a, a large part in my authenticity. And I want to flash back now to talk a bit more about your 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 dog training business because actually yeah. from what I know of you from watching you go on this journey, you are a passionate person. You're also passionate about learning because you know so much already about dog training, but you absolutely love learning more and 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 using your creative creativity right to to build up your your business. Yeah. How's that been going? Yeah. What's your, been your like big learning points along the way there? I mean, so I started studying, I'd say, almost two years ago, and trying to balance that with um, working full time was was very difficult. But I still would try and find a way to just learn as much as possible. And um, and then when I stopped working full time at this corporate uh, company it gave me so much more time to actually follow that passion, that line of inquiry. And mm-hmm. um, so since then I, I haven't stopped studying. <laughs> um, so I've, I've done obviously quite a few courses um, already, most of them online, some of them in person. Uh, and then I've recently just had an exam last week. So there's, the the thing is is that um there is so much for me that I've literally just dipped my toe into the water of the dog training industry and, and behavior or animal behavior as a whole. And it just excites me so much because like every every other few days I'll hear about something else. I'm like, oh my God, what is that? And then it just opens up this whole other realm of possibilities. Like, oh, could I do that? Like what you know? And I just find dog training and working specifically with dogs, it literally lights my soul on fire. And I just find it all fascinating. So I think the whole thing has just been such a journey. And I'm I'm genuinely excited about it. Whenever I talk about it, I'm like, oh, oh my God. Because I know that I found my true calling and this is what I'm meant to do. And this is what I'm going to do. For the rest of my life and it's just really exciting because who knows where that's going to lead in 10 years 20 years or 30 years but I know I think for the first time in a long time I know that I'm exactly where I'm meant to be that's which is really comforting as well and you know what <clears throat> it's amazing how big a part alcohol plays in this process right because yeah. I always say alcohol is is how we ignore ourselves and and when we when we have the courage to stop doing that then you know it is scary because we do have to look at things we don't want to look at and feel things we don't want to feel but we yeah. have to 
get to feel into our authenticity. We get to listen to our feedback that our body's giving us. We get to feel what lights us up and, and have that, that certainty. And I totally resonate with that. I have that as well now um, about mm. what I do, that certainty that this is what I was supposed to do. This is what the universe mm. wants to do. Um, and yeah, it's just been such a pleasure to watch your confidence grow and grow and grow as you've gone through this process. I remember, I remember like having sessions with you and being like, oh, Annika, like I'm too scared to start my Instagram page. And like, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Like, can you give me a pep talk? <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. And now we're just messing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it's, it's been wild. It, on the note of it being a journey so obviously there's just so many pluses and there's loads of things that are really inspiring for people but let's not take away from the more difficult parts of the journey because we know the way that manifestation works is that difficult things are given to us they're, they're sent for us they're not happening to us they're for us to help us grow and you have had a couple of blips along the way which yeah have been massive up levels for you um are you happy to talk about those yeah yeah so I think the there were two there were two instances so yeah so I think the the main yeah so the 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 first one was um when I went to Dublin in October of last year and it, it it did take me a while to come to terms with the fact that it was a learning experience and I have up-leveled since then because, you know, it, it's been a while. So I can see that in hindsight. But at the time, it, it was very difficult. So I know now that a would say my biggest trigger for wanting to have a drink is if I've overcommitted to a whole range of things it could be social it could be work it, it could be a combination of all of those things mm-hmm. and if I've overcommitted, um and because I I think I do have an element in my personality which is you know I want to please other people and um, work in progress uh <laughs> that um I do overcommit to things and plan things back to back and when that happens I get very run down if I don't have I, I have to take time to process things. So if I don't actually take that time, that's when my energy levels and my resilience just drops. And when we went to Dublin, something that I didn't even think about that would be a trigger was um, just being in an airport. Mm. That for me was was just way too much. And it, I mean, I was um, talking to... Um, Kira you know from Styling Out Sobriety and she mentioned uh, on one of her chats that going to an airport was a huge trigger for her and as soon as she said that I was like oh my god that makes so much sense um that's a really common one actually yeah and see I didn't even think about that um and I think in the days leading up to going to Dublin I was thinking like oh maybe I could just have one because as it was getting closer and closer to the trip and I was getting busier and busier I did start, uh, those thoughts started to come into my head being like, oh, you know, you've done so well to get to this point. Like, you know, how much harm can one do? You know, you'll be able to control it. It's not going to be a problem. Um, And then as soon as we got to the airport, we went straight to Weatherspoons and 
I didn't, I wasn't even talking to anyone at this point. I wasn't talking to anyone in the group. I literally just said, I need to have a drink. Uh, and so I had a glass of Prosecco, I think it was. Yeah, I had a glass of Prosecco. And as soon as I had that first sip, my brain said to me, where are you going to get the next drink from? Mm. How long is it going to be until you get the next drink? And then that literally was just, that, that was it. You know, it literally took one sip for me. Mm. And I I didn't have control. And for the, I mean, the, the trip was fun, don't get me wrong. And I didn't, uh, I didn't, you know, do something that was really embarrassing or I didn't take it too far. You know, I didn't make a fool of myself or, or anyone else. So in terms of damage limitation, it wasn't actually that bad. But I remember uh, we were walking back to the hotel after a, a night out and obviously I'd been on the booze all day. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I, I kind of remember this, I kind of don't, but Jack, my fiancé, um, told me the next day that, on the way back to the hotel, I kept on talking to myself and saying, you're like, you're so stupid. Like, why have you done this to yourself? Like, why? I just, and I was literally calling myself stupid out loud because I'd recognized like, oh my God, what have I done? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and even then the next day, it didn't stop me from having a drink. Didn't stop me at all. I just, you just carried on. And um, it's interesting, isn't it? Because obviously, thankfully, like nothing bad happened on the trip you didn't do anything dangerous um you know yeah back it was fine but um I remember having that chat with you when you got back and the thing that sort of freaked you out was it was that instant voice in your head with that first sip which was when am I going to get my next one already right it was was so scary yeah really really scary because you know it I think it is I think the part of sobriety that that can be difficult is trying to figure out where you fit in with that because I don't think beforehand I considered myself an alcoholic because you know the the general idea of an alcoholic nowadays is you know some like hobo sat on the side of the road that stinks of Stella and they haven't had a shower in three years like if you say alcoholic that's the first thing that I would think of um but then how do you how do you define it? And when I compared that to my experience in Dublin, having that first, just one sip, and the first thing my head said to me was, where are you going to get your next drink from? My, my head was already trying to formulate a strategy for me to get another drink. And that to me was just like red flags all over. It, it, it literally consumed me trying to think, how how would I be able to to drink more? So do you think that that moment kind of shaped and changed your sober journey after you got back? Because after you got back from the holiday, you you completely went back to I don't want to drink anymore, right? We were back on the yeah, absolutely. And I mean, when we when we came back, I know that I had a session booked in with you a couple of days afterwards. And mm. Jack said to me, and um, he was like, "Are oh, you nervous to speak to Annika?" <laughs> and I was like. No, why? And he was like, well, you're going to have to tell her. And I was like, no, obviously I'm going to tell her. (laughs) Um, Because, yeah. So, and then having that first session back with you, I said, you know, you said to me, you've passed the test. And I said, well, no, I haven't passed the test. I failed the test because I drank. That, That was failing. And 
I don't know how, Annika, you're like a wizard or something here because you were able to like change my whole mindset to see it in a completely different light. It did, don't get me wrong, it did It did take, you know, a lot of journaling and reflection and time for that mental shift to happen. But I'm so glad it did because, yeah, otherwise I would just go back into the cycle of shame and disappointment. And you know what, this this thing with, um, you know, passing, quote unquote, passing tests, tests are just um, assignments where the universe is asking us to grow more. Um, mm. And sometimes we need to run back in the fire and get burned because we've got mm. something to learn. And that's not like, um, you know, reason to for everyone listening to just to go, oh, OK, I'm just I'm going to have a drink then because maybe I need to run back into the fire and get burnt because, mm. you know, you know that we we get to the point where we just genuinely just don't want to do that anymore and it's done mm. but um that moment as much as it was scary and horrible for you where you had that that voice in your head say where can we get another drink that was pivotal right in your understanding yeah. of what alcohol actually does to us how much it manipulates us how much it controls us mm. and I mean I I I think I think I've always known deep down that I do have a problem with alcohol but that trip really just solidified it for me. Um, you know, I I still to this day don't know what I so I don't even think it's necessary to like associate yourself with say I'm an alcoholic or or sober curious or you know because it's just a story that we tell ourselves as well. But uh, yeah, I I I definitely do uh, have a, a problem with alcohol though, which is I why I'm sober. <laughs> I don't wouldn't say it like that. I'm going to reframe that, Lucy. Oh, go for it. Absolutely nothing wrong with you. The problem is with alcohol, not with you. Yes. Yeah. Let me just write that down in my <laughs> sober journal. <laughs> yeah, you are whole. You are perfect. We're just going to take that toxic poison that's been disrupting your perfect balance out of the picture, and we are all good in the hood. Um, but I, I totally agree with you about the term alcoholic um and I do I do think with any label um they're they're neutral they're neither good nor bad if you find them helpful mm. some people find it really Absolutely. helpful to yeah use that word for themselves mm. and whatever whatever helps is great but I also think that when we actually look at what alcohol does like if you're gonna if you're gonna really be like pernickety about it mm. then everyone's an alcoholic who drinks yeah, That's what yeah. alcohol's addictive it's like you don't say <laughs> oh you're a nicotineaholic oh you're not a nicotineaholic you just smoke but you're not a nicotineaholic but you are because you smoke a bit more like what yeah yeah cool. just yeah lines so in terms of your um learning from from things not going perfectly what are your have your other biggest lessons been on this journey um i think I think a lesson that I've learned a lot about is having clearer communication with setting boundaries mm. because something that I've learned in this process is, um, I mean, definitely throughout my sobriety, um, I'm a lot more level-headed than before. I could just fly off at any point. I mean, I am, you know, a raging South African, so that, that does tend to happen anyway, but now not so much like I, I have chilled out quite a lot and being in a more chilled space does allow me to communicate 
a lot clearer without emotions getting in the way of like a message that I need to get across. Um, so that has really helped me with setting boundaries. You know, I think initially when, when my sober journey first started, you know, I still had quite a full social calendar at that stage. I'm not the one with the, the social calendar. Jack is by the way, but obviously I'm just there as like <laughs> the tag along. Um, and having to have conversations with Jack, who is, you know, still full-time drinking and having to set those boundaries, you know, saying, look, you know, we can either go for drinks before dinner or drinks after dinner. Which of those options suits you the best, you know, in advance, make sure I have that escape route planned um, and just have like a cut off time communicated because before there was no, that didn't even exist at all. Yeah. And, you know, that's, it's so key for everyone, even, even if you've never tried a drink, right? Boundaries are really important and there's mm-hmm. something always need to keep an eye on. But when we've been drinking, our boundaries tend to get really, really porous, really, really bad because... Yeah. Oh, yeah, mine don't exist. Yeah. And we and because when we drink, we ignore ourselves, right? We're like, yeah. oh, that doesn't like I've had I'm having a boundary crossed. Um, and I feel angry about that. Anger always shows us a boundary's being crossed. And then we shame mm. ourselves for feeling angry and we numb it with alcohol and we let people continue to walk over our boundaries. And yeah. yeah. I I just I um I just don't really stand for it anymore. <laughs> I know that sounds really um sounds a bit aggressive but I just don't um I think yeah, it sounds very I, I just, empowered I don't think it sounds aggressive at all okay thanks you I think you just shake yourself for being in your power <laughs> okay <laughs> I'll just shut up um yeah so definitely setting boundaries and clear with clear communicating skills has been a big win throughout sobriety and being able, just being able to, I think when you're sober, you can, and you have a little bit more free time, you're able to actually hear people rather than just listen. And that for me has been really big as well, because, you know, I do, um, I do like to be in control of situations and um, I do naturally have a loud voice. And um, so yeah that has been very helpful (laughs) that's so interesting I love that you're able to hear people instead of just listen and this is um, another key like light bulb moment for so many people in the alcohol free journey when we realize that the the lie that alcohol helps us connect with others oh yeah absolute bull (laughs) yeah (laughs) just because now I'm able to you know actually have a conversation with someone and listen to what they're saying and and you know I do I am quite big on you know (laughs) I do want to also get my story out there and my point across but instead of jumping in there too soon I I like nowadays just to sit back and just let someone someone else do the talking for a while and I find that way I've been able to make deeper connections from actually hearing people rather than just quickly listening to what they've got to say so I can get my point out there so yeah that's been quite interesting as well I would also say that I was like in our I think it was one of our recent coaching conversations um uh, I'm not gonna <laughs> like I know what are you gonna say <laughs> this is something that you'll be very happy with so I just remember you telling me how 
amazing your New Year's Eve was um, and your Christmas um, and that you just felt like super comfortable in your own sober skin and enjoyed mm. talking to people and being where you, where you were. And I remember just getting really excited for you and saying, this sets the tone for the whole of <laughs> What a way to enter it. I mean, yeah. how different was that to this time last year? Oh, it was mental because I know, I think, I think in our either our first or second ever coaching session, I said, you know, look, I'm meant to be going out for, this is August last year, I think, um, meant to be going out for a friend's birthday dinner. Uh, there's going to be people there that I don't really know. Um, and we're going to be sat around a table. So I like the social anxiety I would experience being like, what am I going to say to these people? Like, what am I going to talk about? Like, what if Jack leaves me alone at the table? Like, who am I, who am I going to speak to? Like, just the thought of being in that environment freaked me out so much that I remember saying to you, like, I don't know whether I actually want to go or not. Because that was, I think, one of the first engagements. One, Yeah, one of the first ones that I was going to go to sober. Um, and I went, and yes, I did have a nice time, but I did still find it, like, unnaturally awkward in that environment. So cut to New Year's Day, um, this year obviously, um, for so Jack Jack's parents threw him a surprise birthday party and there must have been around 30 people there. And I'd say I've only met six of them before. So walking into that environment, it was just crazy, Alika. Like I had no anxiety. Um, I literally had two bottles of no secco with me. Um and I just walked into the room. I literally went up to each person saying, hi, I'm Lucy, nice to meet you. Gave everyone, everyone a hug and then just went and walked up to some random woman. I was like, hi, I'm Lucy. How do you know Jack? You know, and then just like started a conversation. <laughs> and, and it was great. I mean, we were there for like four or five hours um, and I was knackered afterwards, but I didn't get anxious once. Um, and I was so proud of myself for getting through that because – in previous times, I would have had a bottle of wine before going there just to um, calm my nerves a bit about meeting new people, um, especially people that matter. You want to make a good impression. And I didn't think that I could sober. Mm. So strange. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would have had a bottle of wine before we went. Um, and then I would have constantly have been going back to, you know, the fridge area to pour myself more booze um I wouldn't have been able to hold a conversation uh sometimes when I would get really uh pissed up my eye would go a bit wonky mm. so that's normally a, a telltale sign if I've had too much to drink that that could happen in that kind of situation so to go from that to um New Year's Day this year huge difference and you're right like it, it did really set the tone and I remember speaking to you on like the second or third or whenever when I was and I was like oh my god Attica this happened <laughs> yeah and you know what I really feel like towards the end of this year right just before that that before Christmas really you had such mm. a massive turning point um and as far as I can see it was when you added in um social sober tribaling <laughs> I can't even <laughs> I'm trying to say forming a sober tribe and sober like networking but socializing um yeah yeah. so talk to us about that that for me has been has been like I don't even have words I remember I was feeding I remember I was was speaking to my mum and um 
we're talking about me being sober and we we do have open conversations about it here and there so she is she is um very supportive and she said oh have you ever thought about going to aa because then you could like meet some other sober people and i was thinking oh yeah i have thought about it um i have actually been to aa once but it wasn't for me um like 12 years ago or something i was quite young and didn't have the nicest experience um but yeah, obviously, then I spoke to you about going to AA. You know, you sent me through a couple of um, pages for like local ones, local-ish ones to me. And um, I remember messaging um, Kira from Starting Out Sobriety and being like, hello, um, <laughs> my name's Lucy. Can I can I get involved, please? Uh, and she literally replied straight away and was like, yeah, we've got a DMC uh this Saturday morning and I was thinking geez this is a, it's a bit soon like normally I like to have a while to like prepare myself <laughs> yeah. um but I did it and it was amazing and throughout the I think we, I mean it was quite long it was like two hours and it was all on zoom there was like 20 other people there and um I I don't have a problem with I'm, I'm not afraid to like speak up in those situations like I do actually love talking and asking people questions and that's something that I, I really enjoy it just, and, I just want to sorry, clarify for the listeners because um just so that they're clear what we're talking mm. about so first of all some people find AA really helpful and yeah all, all that matters the same with the, the using the term alcoholic all that matters is if it feels good for you and it's working mm. do it but it wasn't really feeling quite right for you so no um Kira from Starting Out Sobriety on Instagram she runs an online um like sober meetup um mm. daytime DMCs which stands for yeah. conversations so because like we were looking at a few options weren't we I gave you some yeah. different sober tribes because the nice thing is is there's so many options now that you can just go with what feels good so yeah so carry on <laughs> yeah sorry I didn't explain any of that um yeah and I think I think the reason for me reaching out to you about it was because I was a bit lonely and um I you know I do have like two or three um good girlfriends um but but none of them are in the sober world so I really wanted to put myself out there and make some sober friends and and you know speak to people who are you know creative and interested and you know they want to have uh like non-surface level conversations like I love getting down and deep like I you know obviously the surface stuff is fine but I love that you know when you really connect with someone over something over a shared experience or an interest I really enjoy that so going to this um this Zoom meetup was amazing I mean I, I I'm not gonna lie I was holding back the tears for the whole two hours <laughs> just because it was so nice to it was my first proper experience with, uh, you know, a group of sober people all going through very similar things to what I'm going through and all sharing different experiences and, and coping techniques. And, um, you know, there are a few people that go to the daytime DM DMCs um, that uh, have done AA in the past and said, it, you know, it's been amazing. So, yeah, um, I know obviously it works for some people, some people not. Um, I just really wanted... Um, like the zoom element as well I quite I quite like because I can be lazy sometimes <laughs> so yeah and I'm so chuffed for you that that 
you know that's worked out for you so well and yeah I think forming a sober tribe is like the the final puzzle piece to to knowing in your heart like I'm done now this is me I'm good yeah it's great like I've and and since then I've been to um so it runs every I think it's every second Saturday morning so I've, I've been to every single one since um and um have made made some new friends uh which is you know obviously you know amazing for me um so I'm gonna go and meet up with actually in person with some of the uh some of the women uh in a couple of weeks time so I'm really looking forward to that because and they they live close by to me as well so you never know um who you're gonna meet and also off the back of that um you know Matt as Matt does his yoga on Friday mornings like a free sober yoga thing on zoom so doing that um I've done that twice so far and that's just been it's just so fulfilling for me to like have that purpose of oh you know I've got this zoom catch up with 20 people that really make me laugh and we you know we talk about deep things and oh yeah I've got a a yoga class um you know this Friday morning with another sober person that I really like so yeah it's been so fulfilling um and it's really joining a tribe is really given me a lot of enrichment that I didn't think I didn't know I needed as much as I actually did Oh, I love that. And that's just such a beautiful line to finish the uh, episode on. Yeah. Which you didn't know you needed. Um, Lucy, we I'm sure loads of people listening want to stalk you on Instagram, have a look at your business, have a look <laughs> at your, um, you know, we might have people listening who are alcohol free, who want um, a dog trainer to come into their life Ooh. and support them. Um, so how can people find you on Instagram and TikTok? um so on instagram this is when i say i've got a really long complicated name um so on instagram it's prep.dog.training so p-r-e-p dog training yeah uh, and then it's the same on tiktok prep prep dog training uh, amazing and Let i'll put check, yeah in the show notes um as well and lucy thank you so much awesome. for the show and yeah, oh, I'll- thanks so much for having me I'll see you soon. Take care. All right. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to me today. If you would like to have the chance of winning a free one-to-one coaching session with me, then I'd love it if you could leave me a five-star review. All you need to do is take a screenshot of the review and send it to me at thrive at coachingbyannika.co.uk and I would love to connect with you. If you would like to connect with me further and you'd like to download my free guide, then please go to my website and you can do that and you'll be added to my mail list. Or if you would just like to book in a free discovery call with me, then you can do so via my email address or through my website. All of these links will be in the show notes. And I hope you have a wonderful, magical sober week and I will see you this time next week.